everyone, and thank you for listening to Brain Foods, the podcast on women change makers. I'm your host, Hannah Becker, and today I have the great pleasure to introduce you to Smithy Mishra. Welcome, Smithy. It's such a pleasure to have you today on the Brain Fruit Season 2 podcast, where we continue to detangle the challenges of the 21st century and portray women change makers that use tech and finance to make a positive difference in tomorrow's economy. Welcome to the Brain Fruits podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here, Anna, and to have the conversation today. Smithy is the head of artificial intelligence at EarthBank. And EarthBank is a really interesting company. It's a truly innovative enterprise. It is climate and nature fintech venture. This is something that you don't come across every day. EarthBank is the world's first carbon market that leverages machine learning and satellite and remote sensing to audit and rate carbon offset. So this is really a cool company that you're in, Smitty. And also, I must say, you've been a speaker for artificial intelligence. You hold a background in computational um, neuroscience from the KTH. You're a Google woman tech maker. This is a really impressive um, roadmap that you had so far. I would be super interesting if you could tell us a little bit more about yourself, your role at Earthbank, and what got you interested into artificial intelligence. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for such nice introduction. It definitely makes me look a lot better. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> thank you. Um, so I'm someone who usually likes to try new things out, like extremely curious. My hobbies keep changing every day. Right now, I'm an aspiring stargazer, for example. So, um, uh, yeah, so that's, um, you know, like a fact about me. I love music. And uh, the other thing that I'm the most curious about and I have always been is the human brain. And that's actually what got me interested in AI in the first place. Um, when I was a kid, I used to be really good at chess, um, you know, playing with people but I could never yeah. beat computer playing chess. So <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of where it started um, because a lot of like uh, chess moves in a computer game, it's actually so much related to AI in general. So, um, so yeah, so, and I started doing my um, undergrad in electronics and communications, which I absolutely hated. Like, I don't know why I studied it and wasted a lot of money <laughs> on it. Um, but yeah, I tried a lot of different things in EC and nothing really seemed to work out. And uh, that's when I came across deep learning in my uh, like pre-final year of undergrad um, when I had gone to present a paper in Germany and I visited mm. ETH Zurich for a couple of lectures. So um, that's uh, sort of where I decided to do my thesis at KTH. Um, and I'm allergic to sun, which helps. So living in Sweden, really good. <laughs> that is very impressive. I've never heard of someone that had the aspiration to beat a computer in, in chess. Yeah, I'm not the best loser. <laughs> so yeah, I lack some sportsman, uh, sportsman spirit. So um, basically, since I went to Sweden to do my bachelor thesis in computational neuroscience, um, where I worked on... Um, like recurrent neural networks and some other 
um, sequence learning and some other methodologies to basically understand how people lose memory in diseases like amnesia, dementia. Um, that's when I got like even more inquisitive in a way uh, to understand human brain, um, you know, and try to, you know, be close to unleashing the power of AI in general. Um, I read a lot of books um, on how people think and, you know, like some biological aspects as well to understand um, more about it, like more, what, more of what I'm trying to do here. And uh, also mental health was something that I was extremely interested in since a while which helped me and, you know, like motivated me to understand more of human brain. Here at Earth Bank, which you described really well, um, like what we do in general, my role basically um, is more of implementing different AI algorithms, mostly deep learning, convolutional neural networks, and some computer vision techniques um, for remote sensing and verification and measurement of carbon sequestration in an area. I work with data collection using GIS, uh, geographical information systems, where we collect satellite images from various search engines, um, data pre-processing, building, testing, predicting models. So it's like here and there, a lot of it. Wow. It happens. That is, um, that is a lot of, that is a lot of modeling and a lot of interests that you have. I find it very impressive, especially that you say, hey, I didn't start out as a super technical person um, enjoying, you know, studying um, mechanical engineering, and I needed to really find my own way into AI and this close connection between the human brain and artificial intelligence, especially something that made me very curious. Today we're here, uh, Smitty, to talk about how can artificial intelligence help in achieving some of our sustainable development goals? And also a little bit of the side, why your mental health can be a superpower. Um, if we go to one of the first points, we can see that goal number 13 from the Sustainable Development Goals is to take urgent action to combat climate change and its impact. Smitty, what is climate change in very simple words? Um, yeah, that's, that's a really nice question. We think we understand it, but I don't know. So... Um, like, as we know, technically, it's like a long-term shift, which happens in temperature, weather patterns, some anomalies around there. But in simple words, maybe we can just um, describe it as the earth warming up. And mm. the primary reason is human activity, which has been con like contributing to it for like decades at this point. Um, so right now, we need to sequester um, 300 gigatons of carbon in nearly 10 years, not even 10 years, nine years right now by 2030 and we don't know at what point it might um you know uh, lead to an a, an outbreak or mm. uh, something worse so that's the reason we need to take more care of what we're doing right now like make more conscious choices um and i think uh, the former president of united states um, mr obama he also mentioned it really well, like he, when he said that we're the first generation which can actually feel the impact of uh, climate change and the last generation which can actually do about it. We can see that this is really much caused by gas trapping heat in the Earth's atmosphere. We can see that Earth's average temperature at the moment will reach around 1.5 degrees Celsius. This is above pre-industrial levels at about 2030. So that's not that far up in the future. 
Smithy, I would be super curious to hear why do you think that climate change is so difficult to tackle? Probably in one sentence, I would um, say that because the reason, the reason is our activity in the first place. And, you know, in order to truly combat climate change, to deal with its effects, people are in general, like we basically have to change our mindset, change our activities, our behavior. And we as humans aren't really that good when it comes to changes. Like we are force of great habit, right? Like we're so it's extremely difficult to change our activities. Um, another thing is um, that one of the really good ways to deal with climate change in general are nature-based solutions, where you mm. derive, um, you know, like uh, the solution from the nature, for example, planting trees, etc. Now, the problem is that nature-based solutions, they are often scattered, local, um, very specific to a certain biodiversity globally diverse. So they're difficult to fund and scale up in the time frame that's necessary. That's another reason what, that makes it difficult. Another, the third point that probably comes to my mind is that um, we are devised in a way in which we get incentives, like financial incentives when we, um, you know, like emit carbon dioxide, for example. Mm. Um, like, for example, industries, like all the industries, they do it. Um, it's a common practice. They get paid. So we need to create some incentives, which helps us put the carbon back into the crowd. Like, it's just cheaper to do things that's bad for the environment. We need to create incentives, which helps it put it back. So circular economy is needed there. So yeah, these could be a couple of uh, reasons why I personally think it's extremely difficult to tackle climate change. Really interesting, especially this part where you point out that the cost until now has been much less compared to going for alternative solutions, right? If we take into account the uh, maybe more wasteful energy stations that we often choose as, as humans versus some alternative, maybe more costly solutions. We're now the first generation of humans that starts to pay the price for a warmer world. And we are also the first to face costs as we try to address this. We're starting to pay now and later. Like there's some costs involved, I think that you mentioned right now, it might seem that it's cheaper to go for non-sustainable solutions, but in the long run, we'll have to pay costs. And this is, for example, due to um, responses to flooding, to heat waves and other extreme weather conditions that affect humans already as, as we speak. Still, the question is for me, how can technologies be used, like especially artificial intelligence, to help us either make better decisions around our um, choices when it comes to energy or to even offset carbon emissions? Um, again, this is a very interesting question. And uh, I think um, like there can be two sides to it, which obviously like, um, as a positive um, thing and as a negative thing, like the two sides of a coin in general. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of ways in which AI and other industry 4.0 tools, they can actually um, help towards sustainability, sustainable practices, um, or like offsetting carbon, et cetera. Um, so a couple of them, maybe the first thing uh, could be that if, as I mentioned, nature-based solutions, so um, it's probably, um, it'll probably sequester more carbon to 
you know, plant trees in some uh, hotspot, like geolo geological hotspot, as opposed to some random place where you can mm. plant a lot of trees that you want. So um, AI can help us identify or like gather those um, spots where we actually can fund to make sure that our returns are a lot better. Um, the other thing, like, could be a simple example that you have a drone um, and use it for planting, uh, like, seedlings, like planting seeds, which has been done by a couple of um, places, at a couple of places right now. I had an online meeting with a scientist from NASA a couple of weeks back, and they have been implementing this. Uh, there were some competitions around uh, robots for sustainability. So uh, mm. maybe you're a small uh, landowner. And you want to, you've, you've been doing sustainable practices, not cutting trees whenever you wanted. Um, so um, in order to get incentivized for that, you have to get your land verified to see how much carbon you have been sequestering in an area. So um, if this method is manual, it's extremely expensive because people fly, um, then they measure it with a measuring tape, like just a small area of the place, and then they extrapolate the results. Mm -hmm. This does not account for any forest fires, um, illegal poaching, a lot of things. It's not reliable. It's extremely expensive. And it has to be, you know, maybe a minimum of 1,000 hectare acres, 1,200 acres to make this profit uh, it profitable. So around 500 million small landholders all across the world, they were excluded from this. So now if we use AI and we use satellite images, it's transparent. It's more reliable because we can see the entire yeah. place constantly monitor it and mm. it's not that expensive so basically even if you have a small land you can avail it and you can get paid for your carbon that makes it like um, that's like a good motive for people to actually practice it and then make money out of it as well yeah. because they need food and their plate as well right so um, yeah. and the cost of carbon credits is going to go up a lot um in the next years because the situation is so dire at the moment. So yeah, the, these could be a few ways um, that I can think of in like climate change perspective. I like the solution that you don't only think about, oh, planting trees to kind of get a better conscious around, for example, flying, right? Some airlines already offer that, but that you also um, ensure that the trees are planted in the right geographical area where they will have the intended effect. So this can really help customers to help them reverse their carbon footprint and even become climate positive. This is better than just being climate neutral. So we can see that EarthBank's claims that it can make money a force for change. And me working in the financial industry myself, I'm always interested in how can we shape the incentive system to get humans to make better decisions? And money is, of course, an important incentive factor here. How does that work and how can I trust that it works? Absolutely. Um, so again, a very interesting question and I'll actually link back to what I was describing before. So um, how it actually works is that um, what EarthBank does is that whatever profit we generate out of the process, um, so we share um, the revenues generated 50% with the landowners or the people who are planting trees on the ground. So first off, this helps um, them make some money. Um, other than that, if you are a landowner with some um, credits that you want to sell, 
we help we can help you link with like we can basically help you sell your carbon credits to um a customer also uh, when it comes to the trust part which obviously it's extremely important because you know there's a lot of greenwashing that goes on anyway in this um, field so when it comes yes. to satellite images <laughs> um we have partnership with esa the european space agency mm-hmm. so we can access satellite images um anytime we want and in general anyone um prop like any other person or company who's also doing this when it comes to satellite images you can basically monitor it um like a lot of more often um we t- generally monitor it biannually and earlier it was once in 3 years so now it's like biannually which is which itself is wow. a like great um like increase in frequency other than that if tipped off the satellites can go every 5 day to that one location mm-hmm. that you want that's how the well, like one of the satellite it rotates so if it goes once to a location um every 5 day you can keep a very um like you can keep a prominent watch on it and see what's happening if there's a forest fire or uh, or if it's maybe a forest fire um like prone zone then you can put some sensors in there and using that and satellite images mm-hmm. it'll help you with the exact location as well so um so yeah like constantly monitoring it and um basically it's that good that you can monitor which area uh, the trees that you have pledged to protect or the carbon credits that you're buying will uh, be located yeah. at so you can constantly monitor it i love the transparency around it like this is often i think an issue that customers have i mean if you don't see what you're getting it's difficult to put a value on it and to put a price on it so to be able to constantly see basically where your trees are planted and if actually um action is followed when you put any money in your in your enterprise that is really important uh, smitty you write plenty about mental health as well about artificial intelligence and sustainability you're big into big data and i find it very interested what interesting that in one of your articles you say that mental health can give you superpowers how is that connected to your job and to sustainability um so thank you so much again for this question so um i think when it comes to mental health and especially also what we have seen right now with the whole pandemic coronavirus situation it's extremely important to pay good attention to our mental health as it very directly affects our work and our productivity the way we think innovate um also i think that um we live in a world where most people would have suffered some like or gone through any um mental health problem um and it's pretty common and i think it's important to accept it and uh, i suffered with uh, depression and anxiety last year and i think that if it makes you think about something that's bad uh, like obsess over it it can help you do that in the other way also like if you have an idea you can obsess over that and you can think and work a lot on that particular idea which can definitely turn into a good thing so i think it's as simple as every coin has two sides and it's good to look at something positive if yeah. it's any situation in general i love that you're saying that and also that you're expressing the vulnerability um as a strength here you know this is something i think that now pops up in maybe the last 2 3 years where we start talking more about our mental capacity our 
mental resilience and a lot of people are trying to become anti-fragile especially amidst the pandemic and as you say to see mental health as something that is like the basis for your productivity for your well-being is something that I'm a big advocate for as as well I've gone through some very tough times as well with depression and anxiety so this is something I think if you're able to take a positive side from this that is just absolutely outstanding and this is also something that we should talk more about because this is what the world needs to hear it is quite it is absolutely normal you can still be very successful and happy even though you have had maybe a period of a dark side I think it's very human and very normal and if you didn't have it you might be very lucky but the chances are quite low one last question for you Having heard about your success story with getting into EarthBank and being now the head of artificial intelligence at EarthBank, what would be the brain fruits, the takeaway you would like to share with our community of listeners? Following the conversation we had, I probably would like to give two. One is that it's never too late to um, learn more about our climate crisis and to act upon it. Like, um, you know, and it starts with something as simple as our fashion choices. Um, we don't need to have multiple set of, you know, like every clothing item that exists. Um, it's more to, it's better to make a conscious choice. And um, yeah, it, it's as simple as that, what we eat, what we consume, what we wear. So we as a person have to um, pay our, um, you know, like put in some efforts in order to tackle the climate change um, crisis in general. And the other thing is that um, we should ex accept what our mental health state is. And if it's not good, we can always work, get help to make sure it's better. But it starts with accepting and then you have to yeah. work through it. And it's normal. It's, it happens to everyone. Yeah, as, as you said, it makes you human. I really love the two recommendations that you shared, especially the point that it's never too late to get interested into a new area and also to start with getting into data science or um, data engineering into artificial intelligence at a bit of a later age is something that can turn out as an absolute success and happiness story. So that is such a great uh, motivation, inspiration. Smithy, where can people find you and reach out to you? Um, I guess LinkedIn would be pretty good. I try to be active um, on LinkedIn. Mm. And I also have a blog, which I want to be a lot more active as opposed to what I am right now, but I will be definitely a lot more active on it. Um, I can share um, both with you. And if possible, I also want to write more. So I'm working on it. As soon as I get some time, I'll try to write more maybe like some articles or um, maybe even a short book like you know you want to do a lot of things yes, yes I'm, I'm the same I have like my hobbies change uh, daily as well <laughs> so great thank you for being in the show Smitty it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much again